Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. Fantastic. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Love our Asian News anchors and the relationships. I love it, what God's doing. It's so good to be with you today. And we had an incredible week of prayer and fasting. And um, those that were here on Wednesday when we gathered to pray, it was really encouraging to see and to hear some of the prayer things. And I want to encourage you, Whatever you were praying and fasting for this week, if God came through for you, please, please come back, share, come tell the pastoral team as we're like, you know what, I was trusting for this because we celebrate with victory what's happened in your life and we want to be able to celebrate together. And, and, and the week before Easter, in that week, we're going to go into another week of praying and fasting. So I'm already giving you a heads up now if you missed this one to make sure you join us for our next one coming up in April. But we are in week two of our series, Habits from the Inside Out. We really, the foundation of our series is speaking about we all have hopes and desires. I want to be better at this. I want to change this in my life. Every single one of us. But can I tell you, you can have all the hopes and desires in the world. They're great starters to have those desires. They, they, they start us or motivate us. But what sustains those very things? It's when we start to create what we are speaking about, these habits. But speaking about godly habits that come from the inside and it changes on the outside. And we spoke in week one about the principle of number one, the habit one that we're talking into, is focus on what you do first. About it's the principle of God first, the priority order of God first. And we spoke into that and it's encouraging and ready to hear some of the feedback of people who are saying, I'm putting God first every single day. Putting God first in worship. There was that sense of that hunger and, and, and many of us have our lists. I know you have your lists of, I want to change this, this year, and this, what, and we can go through those lists, and that's great. We must have them. But often what happens with our lists is that it becomes our own effort to try and change it. And it becomes a, a self-help strategy of this is how we're going to do it. What I'm speaking about in this series, it's about godly habits that we are creating that changes us from the inside out. That's why our anchor verse, Romans 12, verse 2, it says, fix your intention on God. This is our anchor. This is where we are putting this basis. You can have your list of things that you want to change, and, and, that, and that's amazing. But we're fixing our attention on God because when we do that, I can tell you now, you have a completely different result when you try and do it by yourself. Because you will be changed from the inside out. He's going to do the work inside of you to change the very thing that maybe you want desired on the outside, but it starts with the inward. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of maturity, God brings out the best of you. And I want to ask you this question. Do you believe in your life God has brought the best out yet? I know for me personally, I'm, I'm believing that there's more that God wants. He brings the best out of you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. 
This well-formed maturity, what we're speaking about, is these very godly habits and disciplines that we're going to start to unpack. And so we spoke about week one, the habit of focus on what I do first. But today's habit that I want to get into straight away, it's a big one. Because this habit that, that we're going to start to unpack and to speak about is a habit that impacts our lives greatly. And the reality is this habit really holds together many of the other godly habits that we need to put into our lives. So habit number one is focus on what we do first. Today I want to speak about habit number two, focus on who we put first. And this is looking at this habit about relationships. And every single one of us need to choose our relationships very carefully. We need to focus very carefully on who we have in our lives. Because believe it or not, where you and I are today and who we are is a direct outplay of the relationships that we've had in our lives, whether good or bad. Whether you chose some of those relationships or you just inherited them. You know, like, I can't get rid of this family member. Like, I've just inherited them. <laughs> so the relationships, whether they're good or bad, really have determined about who and where you are in your life. Think about it. Think about some of the defining relationships that have been in your world. Relationships, relationship decisions are the most important decision you can ever make. That's why I said this is a big one, speaking about this very principle of relationships. And, and preachers tend to, we exaggerate points, and we say that every week this is the most important thing you need to hear, and every point is going to go, this is a, please, I get that, but please hear me. Your decision and relationship that you have in your life is the most important decisions that you can make because they play such a critical role and define so much of who we are. And that's why Proverbs 27, 19 puts it in the Good News Translation like this. This is a mirror reflects a man's face. But what he really is like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. And, and I love that, that last word, chooses. Because in actual fact, in our lives, okay, by the ones that have been inherited to us, but the ones, other relationships, we have a choice that comes into this thing. And so that's what I want to speak about, the choices that we make when it comes to these relationships and why it's so important for us to create this very habit of saying, I'm going to decide who I put first in my life. And so I want to share about four choices that we need to make that will really determine so much about this very principle of having godly habits. Four principles that can shape so much of who we are, and the number one relationship that we need to, when it comes to making a choice, is that we need to choose, number one, to nurture your most important relationships. All of us have got important relationships. They might vary to what they will look like, but hopefully when I spoke about that, you went, yes, God, my relationship with God, uh, it's my partner, it's this person, and uh, hopefully you can put that into mind who, you're talking, who I'm speaking about today. But it's so important to understand the condition and the status of that important relationship is a direct reflection on how much nurturing is taking place in it. 
Think about those relationships. No nudging from partners next to each other. But think. The condition your relationship is, is a direct reflection of how much nurture and care has gone into that. And over this past week of prayer and fasting, we focused on, on one day I was saying, let's pray for relationships. Let's pray to this thing. And, and that's been my prayer for us as a congregation. Truly, every single day I'm saying, God, I pray for the relationships in our church. I pray for couples and interacting with couples who are struggling. God, I pray for this relationship between the Father and the Son. And God, I'm praying for these relationships. Because you know that out of the three most prayer requests we get as a church, whether it comes in written, whether it comes into communication with us or WhatsApp line, calling the office, it's always the three things that top all of them. Week out, week in. Regarding finances, regarding health, and then relationships. This one, we get so many who are saying, please will you pay for this relationship that's taking strain? Why? Why? Because we need to nurture these very relationships that cannot just self-sustain themselves. We can't just go, okay, I'll just leave them to do their thing. Like, you know, you get those self-watering plants. No, nonsense. They still freck at the end of the day. Yes, you might have the little rope that's pulling up the water, but you still need to put something in there to give it something. We cannot just go, okay, these important relationships, fantastic. They can just maintain themselves and they can just look after themselves and think that it'll stay the same. It doesn't work. We have to nurture our relationships and the most important ones. And I know for Leandria and myself, we spoke about this at the beginning of this year. We said, our relationship we want to pay more attention to and we want to nurture it more. We want to be able to be more intentional in nurturing this very relationship that we have. You see, because over the past three years, okay, we have a child that's three, but more than that, the past three years, we, we basically moved three times in three years. And, and also, we've, we've gone through some things. Two years ago, being so ill, it, it took a lot out of us. And so we can easily just go, okay, well, we just, we're keeping it how it is. It's just self-maintain itself, or it's just in survival mode. You know, I know what that feels like. But in actual fact, we need to nurture it. It requires attention. We have to look after the most important relationships that we have in our lives. And the enemy loves it when relationships are taking strain. Loves to come and go, oh, there's no nurturing taking place here. Loves to come. And some of us find ourselves in that place and we're looking at our relationship, especially married couples. We're looking at this relationship and we're going, well, it, it, it's not doing well. And so always in times like that, we tend to look and we go, oh my word, the grass is greener on the other side there. Let me just tell you something. The grass is greener on the other side because the water bill is higher on the other side. Someone said to me because it's got a septic tank on the other side. <laughs> There's also stuff there that's growing on that grass. But we tend to look and we just think that can, please, hear my heart. Don't give up on your relationship. Particularly married couples. Don't give up. Don't give up. Sometimes the feelings are gone. But it's them. I'm always putting in more effort. I'm doing this. And the feelings completely go, can I tell you? Sometimes it's a choice that we need to make. And because you know what often happens? Choices we make Feelings tend to follow then. Even if we don't feel like it, sometimes we need to make a decision. But I made this commitment, through better or worse. 
I don't have the feelings, but I'm going to still make this decision to show up every day. And hopefully those feelings are going to eventually catch up to the choices that I made. We need to nurture the most important relationship. And that's why we're so big on the, the marriage course. And I want to encourage you on the 21st, we start in a new one. Sign up. Valentine's Day is on the 14th. The 21st is perfect timing. Sign up to be a part of this. Nurture the most important relationships in your lives. And can I tell you, it's not just marriages. You need to nurture your relationship with your children. Maybe they're older. It requires attention. It requires effort, even when you feel like I'm always contacting them. (laughs) That was loud. Nurture your relationships. (laughs) We'll talk about... (laughs) Nurture. Secondly, choices that we have when it comes to this, if you think about Proverbs, it says it's a choice that we make, is that we need to restore some broken relationships. And I I know that even it's a very sensitive thing what I'm speaking about. Relationships that are damaged, it's very sensitive. I'm aware of that. Because sometimes the situations that we're in, it's different. There's been different breakdowns. There's been different things. And I'm not trying to just paint a broad stroke across everyone and say, this is just, you know what? All of us have a different story. We're all on a different journey. But relationships that are broken, personally, my own personal experience, I have found it, it's harder not to restore. Starting now. It said five minutes starting now on my timer. <laughs> Definitely not. It still says a lot longer. That's Suri. But can I tell you, relationships that I haven't restored, it's more painful when I just leave it and they're unresolved than actually doing the effort of saying, can we chat? We need to restore something. And now in some, some circumstances, it's very difficult. You, 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 you're like, I can't talk to that person anymore. Maybe they're not even around. Or they don't want to go there in the conversation. This is what the scripture says in in Romans 12, verse 17 to 18. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So maybe you, you can't. You've tried to restore something, and it's just not going there. You live at peace. You pray for their forgiveness and release them. And can I tell you, forgiveness and reconciliation, that's kind of two separate things, and there's a whole sermon just in that, which I'm not, I can't unpack in this space. You heard Siri said I had five minutes left. <laughs> I'm not asking you to go and be best friends all of a sudden. And the whole thing of you must just forget. No, no. We're called to forgive, and I just, in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, there's seven elements that make up the Lord's Prayer. One of them is about forgiveness. Lord, forgive me as I forgive. And this is something I have to pray constantly because I have a knock where I will cut people off. They come in my way and then I, I amen. And I have to constantly go, God, forgive. But first, forgive me so I can forgive others. Colossians 3, 13, it says, bear with each other. Bear with each other. That means you're going to have things that are going to be like, ah. Oh. Be with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And then look what it says. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
Why do we forgive? Because the Lord forgave you and I, and it's out of that place. Forgive. The third one, the third choice we get to make in, in this relationships is sometimes we have to redefine relationships that are harmful in our lives. Redefine. You know what that definition of re- redefining means? It means to re-examine or re-evaluate, especially with a view to change. With a view to change that relationship. And I'm speaking about relationships here that are not good for you. They're damaging. Relationships that are damaging to, to what I spoke about, point number one, about nurture your most important relationships. Those are the kind of relationships where you're married and you're entertaining a conversation with someone else that you shouldn't be, doing things that you shouldn't be. It's damaging your most important relationships. Go read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. See what Scripture says about this very thing. Or maybe it's even friendships. That when I'm here with this group of people, I'm, I'm like this. But then I'm with this group of people, I respond like this. And I do this, things that I, that I wouldn't show other people. Maybe it's even in a work context. I'm, I'm with a group of people that they know the ins, they the gossiping tannies, they know everything about everyone. We talk about people, we say stuff, we start rumors, we, we break down people. Please, it's harmful. Negative talk, it's harmful to us. We, need to, we actually need to make a decision saying, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna maybe cut it off. Redefine those relationships. Listen to Proverbs 13 is 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Andy Sandy's famous quote says, you show me your friends and I will show you your future. You show me the relationships that you have and I will show you what your future looks like. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Don't be caught up. Don't think, oh no, no, but I'm going to get them better. Do not be misled because bad company corrupts good character. We need to refine, redefine some of these harmful relationships that we're having in our life. But maybe it's actually, it's more than that. Maybe there's a relationship where there's domestic abuse, physical, verbal, emotional, spiritual abuse that's taking place. Please, my heart breaks if you find yourself in a place like that. And shame and guilt covers this thing so much that we feel I can't, I can't get out. Dan, you don't know my situation. You have no idea. I will not be able to provide or my child or, or this. I, I don't know it. But my prayer for us as a congregation, if you're here and you're like, that's me. So maybe you even find the courage to say, I'm going to speak to someone. To, I, I, I don't know how we, I, I don't know how we're going to change it. But the courage to say, I need help. Can someone speak to me? And I want to encourage you. That's the very heartbeat of our church. That if you need help, that you would speak. We have incredible teams and different volunteers and council that will, that will come alongside. Please. You're saying, I need help, and it's such a private thing. Make contact with us so we can be able to walk this journey. And so we spoke about this, these choices that we have when it comes to relationship, that some of us, we need to redefine, we need to restore some broken relationships. 
Can I give you the last one, number four? And this is a, it's a better one. It's a good one. Is that for some of us, we need to initiate some meaningful relationships in our lives. Initiate some relationships. And these are relationships that you need to go, I actually need to start. And many of us desire, like, I want to be more connected. I want to have maybe more friendships. I want to be able to have a coach. I want to be able to journey with people. We want all these things, these desires and hope, but yet we struggle to take the next step. Or maybe because we've tried it and it didn't work out well. I put myself out there and I walked in and it was just the same little huddles that stayed together and I, and I, just, I went to this group, it didn't work. And so often we can just default back to our nature of going, it's just me, myself and I. I'm going to be in my little bubble, please don't, don't come in here. And it's, it's, it becomes a habit of going, I don't need meaningful relationships in my life. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need anyone else. That passage of scripture, Hebrews 10, 25, that I shared last week, and it says, and I love it because it says the habit of doing. I believe some of us have got into that habit of saying, I'm fine by myself. I don't need anyone. Especially as guys. No, we're good. No, I need no one. Everything is great in my life. We all need meaningful relationships in our lives. Why? So we can encourage one another. We all need to be able to be encouraged by one another to be able to do this journey of life. And so now I'm saying we need to initiate some of these meaningful relationships. He's saying, but now how do I initiate it? Help me to be able to take these next steps. I'm in this habit of just doing what I always default to. I want to share four things with us. Quick. Is that number one? You need to develop my relationship with my church. And and I use that word my on purpose. Because you need to be able to have a relationship with a place that you call my church. That actually I belong to somewhere. This is my place. that, That I'm connected to a part of believers together. Ephesians 2.19, it says, you are members... Note what it says. You are not attenders. You are not spectators. You are members of God's very own family. And you belong. You belong. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. That we need to move from just, I'm just attending. And now, and now there's certain circumstances for each one of us. That we maybe have moved in and we're just checking things out. Or we're on this journey or or in fact, we've actually been here for very long. But there's always a reason as to know why I can't. My schedule's too busy. I can't do this. Or I'm too old to be a part of that. Can I encourage us? That we move from just attending to belonging. That we have a relationship with my church. Because can I tell you, you will do better together. Because when you're intentional about a relationship, you get a better result in a relationship. We are called to move from just attending to belonging. And we're so intentional about this that on Tuesday, we're going to be having a welcome home party. Tuesday, the 8th of Feb, 7 o'clock here in the building. Myself and our team, we want to welcome you. We're going to have dinner. We're going to eat because that's the most important thing. We're going to eat together. We're going to have fun. We're going to share a little bit of who we are so you can take a next step and say, you know what? 
I have to belong now. I've been attending for so long, but this year I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to belong. Join us. You can sign up. Join us for that time. The second thing is, so develop a relationship with my church. Second one is develop a relationship with godly friends. Godly friends. People that you're going to be able to do life together with, that's going to be able to be there with you. Godly friends are people that build you up, encourage you. Hey, pray for me. I'm struggling here in this area. Pray for me. We dropped the dog and now the foot is broken and I just pray for us. It's people that we can do life, but it's not just about just praying. It's actually, that's why we say, do life together. Hey, I'm moving for the third time in the third year. Can you please help us move again? <laughs> Doing life together with these people. And you know, this was the, 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 the pattern of the New Testament church. They would gather on a Sunday like this, gather on a Sunday, and then it says that they would do house-to-house ministries. House-to-house ministries. So they would come into a space like this, bigger, way bigger churches that would gather on a Sunday, and then there would be the house-to-house ministry, and I believe that's life groups. That they would be able to connect and do life together with people. You see, you can be in this big space, Maybe you're even a bigger church and you're in this big church and it's great and everything, but actually no one really knows who I am. And I, I originally had the analogy of we walk around with masks and I was like, I can't even use that in COVID anymore. I'm not talking about COVID masks, but we walk around with these masks that everything's good. But the reality is when you walk in and someone says, how are you doing? You, it's like very difficult to be like, yeah, well, you know what? This and this and this and this. And they're like sort of standing there like, uh, uh, uh. I was just getting coffee and saying, how are you doing? And they don't know what's going on. Because it's a difficult space to do that. Real life transformation happens in the context of groups, circles. We, we gather, we equip, we, we celebrate, we thank God for what he did on a Sunday. And then we go and we do life together. Can I tell you what the secret success to this very thing of developing godly friends is when you are truly open and vulnerable about who you are. You see, if you stay here all the time in relationships, surface level, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Fine, thank you. Good, 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 good. And never go what's below the surface, like the iceberg. All that we see is this little tip of your life. And meanwhile, there's so much that goes un- underneath. And if we're not going to this space, what's underneath, you can't really connect with people. I want to encourage you. The backbone of our church is doing life together, which is life groups. The very mission of that, what we said, the very mission of our life, we have a mission statement. It says, love God, love people as we do life together. Doing life together is connecting. I want to encourage you. You say, I need to be a part of that. Sign up. Next week, we officially launch Life Groups again for, for the new year. And there are ways in which you can sign up and say, that's me. I've said it, I don't know how many times that I'm going to be a part of it. But I just, I just never take that step. I feel like what Leandro said in the pastoral spot, that I'm, I'm blind to certain things. I want to encourage you. Sign up. Be a part of a group. We start to do life together. And maybe you're like, Dan, you're speaking about this and you're talking about it's life-giving and everything. I'm not experiencing that in group. Come and talk to us as well. Say, hey, hold on. Do you know what? We don't want you to stay in the same group until you die. Please, please hear me. We actually want you to to grow with other people. Do life. If we just stay with the same people, we'll say the same things and they'll say the same things to us. 
grow with each other, grow with others, be open to what God's doing with other people. So you're saying, I'm not experiencing that, come and talk to us. Sign up on the website if you're in a group. If you're a life group leader and you say, I want a new group, then (laughs) Joe will call you. (laughs) Come talk to us. And that's what the Bible says in Acts 2.44, all the believers met together constantly and they shared everything with each other. Shared everything with each other. There's also a thing like what we, we've, we're launching next week, we started is freedom groups. Because maybe life groups is not, and you're like, actually, right now, freedom groups is a 12-week course. You can sign up. It's a 12-week course that actually starts to unpack things that you've been carrying for your whole life and that you shouldn't be carrying. It's bringing closure to that to saying, you know what? I'm not going to carry this anymore. And we go 12 weeks, just 12 weeks. You can start then, and at 12 weeks, you can say, okay, I'm done. But you start of a group together with people, where you go through a course that's been designed, and at the end of the course, we have what's called a Freedom Encounter Weekend. I've been through it. I've done it. It's life-changing. And I'm going to be speaking more about it into this next week. I encourage you. Go onto our website. It's easy. Go afterwards. Come find, I don't care, send signs, smoke to say, please. Smoke signals. Don't leave this place without saying, you know what, I'm going to make a decision. Third thing. So we need to develop a relationship with a team. How do we build these meaningful relations, relationship with a team? Can I tell you, I've had personal experience of that. I can see the faces that are seated here. That I have meaningful relationships because I've done team together. Do you know there's over 400 volunteers in our church? That we sort of like guess, we're actually not even 100 percent sure. We're sort of like, okay, roughly around there. Probably more, but we played it down. And this is a people group are saying, you know what? We're part of this. We're on a, we're on a team together. We, we serve. And can I tell you, it's not just about saying, Yo, let's serve in this area, but it actually we have fun together. Yeah. We laugh. We, we joke about things. We actually have a good time being able to, to be able to be a part of a team, to be able to say, you know what? God has gifted me in this area. Now I'm going to bring it together and part of a team. Can I tell you, you will achieve more as a team than what you'll achieve by yourself ever. This is why Ecclesiastes puts it in such a beautiful way. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 to 9 says, there was a man all alone had no one. He had neither son nor brother. And there was no end to his toil. There's no end to his pain, his suffering. And yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. He wasn't happy. He might have had certain things. You might have so many followers. Look like you have got the most amazing social life. It's all reals. But he says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Two are better than one. We accomplish more. We see God's kingdom move more when we're part of us together. But more than that, we feel like there's purpose in us. I'm actually giving back. I'm not just attending. I am belonging. This is my church where you seated. It is your space. This is our space. This is what God's called us. It's not me and our leadership team. This is our church that we are part of. Develop a relationship with the team. This year, make a decision. Say, you know what? I'm signing up. Sign up on our website. Sign up afterwards, wherever. Sign up saying, I'm going to make a difference this year and I'm going to be a part of it. And this is my last one, number four. And this one links to last week, but it's the most important one that I want to share with us today. And I just encourage you, just if you're taking notes, it's fine, but really, if you just hear me on this one, This is the most important one I want us to hear today. Number four, 
we are called to develop and deepen my relationship with God. This one's pivotal, number four. It, it's, it's everything. It's a very foundation that holds all the other stuff that I'm speaking about today. And the reason why I said that this one is, it's the most important. It's because developing and deepening our relationship with God will be the key shaper of all the relationships that you have in your life. Deepening your relationship with God is the most important thing you can ever have. It's the very thing from the inside out. Because hear me, you can have godly friends be in a life group. You can be serving. You can be do everything. But if we haven't done this one, I'm sorry to say, but what's the point? What's the point? You're a part of a good club then, or society. What's the point of doing all these things? What's the point of being in group? What's the point of being able to say we're serving together? What's the point of trying to have these meaningful relationships if it's, this is not our foundation of deepening our relationship with God? Because then we're just doing ticking of the boxes in our routine. And this is like, oh, this is what I must do. And listen to me, this could be easily a drive to sign you up for a whole bunch of stuff. That's not the heart of this. Develop a relationship with God is the key foundation to all of this. Love God, love people. It starts with loving Him. You'll be able to love the people, the relationships in your world. Augustine, his famous quote says, for you have been formed, you have formed us for yourself and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. And this is the thing. We might have all those things that I've been talking about, but we truly don't have rest. We might have the pretense, everything is great in our lives. But in actual fact, my relationship with God, it's struggling. It's, it's, it's not there. Now, I'm not saying that you must, that it has to be X, Y, and Z and this for my relationship. It's just a daily decision to say, Jesus, I'm choosing you. And then you get things wrong and then you just come back, Jesus, I'm choosing you again today. And in my short space of time, being alive and in leadership, I've seen many people do this thing. I'm, I'm going to try God. I'm going to try church. And I go on this journey and some of you maybe are even here today because you're like, I'm just going to try this out. Please, please hear what I'm saying. I'm so glad that you made a decision. But can I encourage us? We can't just stay at the trying place. There needs to be a deepening that takes place within us. You see, because when we deepen and stay close, 1 John 2, 28, when we stay close with Christ, have a deep relationship with Him, when we go deep, we'll be able to go wide. It has to go deep first. Because these people that have come and they've done this and they've been on the hype and like, I'm going to do this here, it's going to be different. I'm going to be involved, I'm going to do this. And then when the emotions and this becomes tiring and like, oh, I have to serve you. I'm tired of getting up so early on a Sunday morning. I don't feel like doing this anymore. And the emotions wear off the feelings. 
It's the only thing that keeps you is your relationship that's deepened with Him. Or maybe you've been around for so long that you've got the perfect, this is wax, you know what to do, what to say. It's just in, out, perfect timing, da 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 I do this and then this. But truly, I want to encourage you. And I want to ask us this question as we come to a close. What will your life look like if this year you went all in? Fully in. Not putting your toes in the water, but you're saying, this year, I'm going full in. That's why Romans 12 verse 2 says, he wants to form a well maturity in us. Have you ever imagined what your life would look like? If you actually said, I'm going fully in for God. He says he wants to bring the best out of you. And I ask that question, do you believe that they've seen the best of you yet? Only he can do that. And the thing is, and why I said that there's choices that we need to make, that Proverbs 27, it's a choice that he had to make when he looked into the mirror. It's a choice you need to make. I'm not tuning a sales pitch for anything. It's a choice that you have to make to say, from the inside, out. Because the feelings are wear. I'm not going to serve anymore. I'm ghosting you. I'm not involved in this. That'll wear. But the choice of saying, you know what? I'm going deep in my relationship with God. It's a choice. Come and let's pray together. Let's close our eyes. Father, it's in this space where all of us find ourselves in a different area of our life, different transition, different stage on our journey. New families, retired, in the middle. We're all on a different journey. Deep in our faith, new on our journey, wandering, cold. We're all in a different space. But can I tell you there's one thing that we all have? It's a power of choice. And to make a decision regarding our next step. And I believe in this area of relationships that God's Spirit has been speaking to each one of us. Maybe we've been incredibly critical of certain things and that's why we've just, I'm not going fully in. But Jesus' Spirit is prompting inside you, saying, will you make a decision? And I'm going to ask us to be still in this moment. Because I believe God wants to do something. I remember I said right in week one, it's not easy stuff. But when we make the decision to put God first, we can trust Him to bless the rest. But there's an intentional step you need to make that no one else can make for you. And I'm, I'm going to say this, knowledge can't keep you there. It's a hard thing. It's a surrendered life. And so I want to ask you, out of these things what we've spoken about today, what choice do you need to make? A relationship you need to nurture? Initiate some relationships? Redefine? Restore some broken relationships? Find godly friends? Move from attending to belonging? 
decision? And then ultimately, deepening my relationship with God, what decision do you need to make? Because God's word says, if you wholeheartedly look for me, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will find me. If you wholeheartedly, meaning everything, go full in, you will find me. And so now I want you to say, whatever decision that God's calling you, whatever next step he's asking you, that you go, Jesus, today I'm making that decision. This is the step I'm going to make. Whatever it is, tell him. Tell him. And then say, you know what? I'm not just going to go on the desires and hope. I'm actually going to create a habit now. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to sustain this. So Father, for each person in the space that making decisions, I pray, Holy Spirit, that whatever grace they need in the decision that they're making, that they would receive it. All of us are in different spaces. All of us are in kind of everything. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that where they find themselves, that they would feel that grace from you upon their lives. And the decision that they make, that it'll be something that they say, I'm committing to this. Making a decision. Even if I need to go by myself in this thing and my partner will eventually hopefully catch up, I'm making a decision that this year I'm doing things differently. That you would put that into place in this service and in this week. And as we continue to pray and stay in this atmosphere of prayer, God's presence is moving. And I believe, and we spoke about relationship, the most important relationship is your relationship with Jesus. It really is. It all starts, it, is, it starts and ends here. And when our relationship with Him, everything else will flow out of that place. You see, because Christianity is about coming to the place where I'm saying, I'm putting God first. It's my relationship, number one, and then it's everything else. And so in this space, you're reflecting and saying, you know what? Number one, I haven't actually made a decision to have a relationship with Christ. Or secondly, I've made that decision, but my heart is cold. And I feel like I keep making that decision. That's okay. Just keep coming back to Jesus. And so if you find yourself in that place where you've never made the decision or your heart has grown cold and you're not in relationship with Jesus, not information, not I know this, I know that a relationship, meaningful relationship with Him. This morning you have an opportunity. And if that's you and you're saying, I want to make this decision. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to take a bold step. I want you just to lift your hands up. All eyes are closed and say, will you pray for me? I'm making that decision today. Making a decision to follow you. Secondly, I'm making a decision when my heart's grown cold that I'm going to follow you again. Across this auditorium, you're saying, pray for me. Just lift your hands so I know I'm praying for. Amen. You can put it down. Amen. You can put it down. Because God's presence is working. You can feel there's something happening. Amen. He's saying, I want to make a decision. Don't miss it. Don't wait. I'm going to wait for a better opportunity. Or, what are they going to think? No one's looking. Make a decision to follow Jesus. One more time. He's saying, that's me. Just lift your hands so I know I'm praying for. Amen. You can put it down. Come on, let's pray together. And I want you, those lift your hands, even if you didn't, say this prayer with me. Father, today, 
I acknowledge that I need you in my life. I acknowledge that my relationship with you, it's, it's not there. And so on this day, this Sunday, I'm coming to you and I'm saying, will you forgive me for the way that I've been living? Forgive me. Today I'm coming, I'm choosing you, I'm following you, knowing what you have done in my life and all the things that you, when you went to the cross and on the third day you rose again, you rose so that, so whatever sin I, I had done or whatever sin I will do, he says, I've given you freedom. And so today I'll choose you and I encourage you in your own words, you say it. I choose you, I follow you, just say it. This is your decision, not mine. So Father, for those that that prayed that prayer, I pray, Jesus, that you would start to do the deep inner work inside their lives. God, I thank you for the decision that they've made. Thank you for what you are going to do. And so God, we thank you for your grace that we have salvation. And all God's people said together, amen. Come on, let's give God praise.